Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Igberto is your host. Thank you so kind of being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Well, I just drove back in from KPFT after having a great interview with the one and only Medea Benjamin. She is the author of a new book on Ukraine, as well as an article that she wrote today. So I covered that. I'm going to cut that up so that I can get some other pieces out of it later on. Uh, but for today, we have a new show. Today's Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We got two shows with brand new material, mostly for both shows. And how are my peeps doing? I trust that you're all doing good. I tell you one thing. I am happy it is Friday. Because I need a little break. But don't forget that this weekend at 11 o'clock, what is it going to be? Let's see who's going to type it into the, into the chat first. What's special about this Saturday to the PDR Posse? Come on, what's special? What, what do I have to do this weekend, my dear PDR Posse membership? What do I need to do? What is in the air? You got to name it. What are we going to have, man? What are we going to have? We're going to have the one thing where you guys, well, you guys are always the star, but it's at 11 central time and the sign up is right there. I just put it into the feed. As Egberto is tomorrow at a la hora de las 11 de la mañana, CST. In the morning, yes, June Littler is in the house. June, how are you doing? Tom C is in the house as well. Bruce Pollard, Eric Hayes, uh, Melanie Keelan. Hope to see Melanie there too. Paul Fleming. Paul, you've never been there. Come on, join us. Sign up. I put the link in the bottom underneath there. All right. Let's get busy. El Señor Michael Rudnan says, New York Times, Alex Jones filed for bankruptcy. The InfoWars broadcasters has been ordered by the court to pay about $1.5 billion dollars in damages to Sandy Hook families. Eso es una perfecta solución. Uh, Chris Mattel, a lawyer for the families in the damaged case in Connecticut, said the bankruptcy system does not protect anyone who engages in intentional and egregious attacks on others, as Mr. Jones did. The American judicial system will hold Alex Jones accountable, and we will never stop working to enforce the jury's verdict. In the case, in Mr. Jones was ordered to pay $1.4 billion. Two other cases were litigated in Texas. Alex Jones deserved to go to the poorhouse for his actions. Spoiler alert, he got his money all over the place. He knows what was coming. So don't, don't, don't feel sorry for him. He's probably loaded with, with some dubious bank account somewhere and he'll travel. Somebody will pay for him to travel and they'll find a way to get their money back. Melanie Keelan in the house. Eric Hayes says, Russian President Vladimir Putin fell downstairs at his home Wednesday evening and soiled himself, according to a Russian telegraph, uh, name, t- uh, telegram channel named General SRV, which claims to have links to his bodyguards. Putin, 70, was reportedly helped to a sofa by bodyguards as his personal doctors rushed to help him. According to the account, Putin was walking downstairs when he stumbled and fell on his back after which he fell uh, on his side and slid down a couple of steps. Well, I, that, you know, I, I wonder if that's true, but I tell you what, he's a little chicken, right? You see him at the table, and there are eight people on one side of the table, and he's way, way, way over there. You know? Funny. All right, Bridge MCP says, This sat at noon. 
There you go. There you go. She put the link in there for me too. Thank you, beautiful. Uh, what else we got here? Eric says, hypocrisy in its purest form. Claiming Twitter is influenced by the Far East when clearly Apple is, the, is being controlled by the CCP. Hypocritical people destroyed. Oh, boy. Hmm. Eric, where do you get your information, brother? I just have to ask. Oh, God. Bridge, we knew he was going to claim it. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Michael Rodney says, Eric Hayes, find better source in media bias facts. Overall, we rate BizPack Review based on a story selection and editorial position that almost always favor the right. We also rate them mixed for factual reporting due to poor sources, misleading loaded language, and multiple failed fact checks. And check out Little Politics Done Right. We do very well. All right. Uh, Jones probably still a millionaire just like the lefty Sam Bankman fried. Okay. Uh, Eric Casey soiled himself. I don't know what that means, but what can we say? Uh, British MTP says, sorry, I have zero empathy for Putin. I do too. And I think that kind of influenced some of what you said earlier, Bridge. Uh, where you wanted us to join NATO to take get rid of him. I get it. Geopolitically, that would have been problematic. Lee Grant is in the house. How are you doing, Lee? As well as, let's see what else we have. Sharkulas, here's Stylus. Hi, pals, she says. How are you doing, Sharkula? Great to see you here. Michael says, Putin has cancer. If he dies, the world will be a better off. Harsh, yeah, but still true. I don't wish death on anybody, but he's a clear and present danger. Eric Hay says, Rodden, I don't care about your ratings, bro. Your opinions don't matter. Actually, uh, Eric Hayes, Rodden's opinion does matter. Does matter to me and it does matter to many. And by the way, Eric Hayes, your opinion matters too. Don't disparage people's opinion. Get my book. It's worth it. How to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. It helps you talk to everybody. You know why? Listen, listen, listen. I I disagree with much of what you have to say, Eric, but I listen. And sometimes I have to go ahead and say, ah, this is what you really meant. Bridge MCP says, oh, well, that's the one that she copied from uh, him falling down. Okay, uh, down the stairs, according to the Telegram channel, which claims links to his bodyguards. So he has gastrointestinal cancer is what they said. We'll see. You know, all kind of news come out of there. You know, sleep just came over me. I'm sleepy. Wake me up, guys. Wake me up. I'm going to have to get the telephones uh, re, re, recalibrated so that we can do it again because I need to hear your voices just like I did earlier today. Down with everything. Sex, Sharkulas, here, Stylus. And Eric says, bro, you just specify, uh, pacify Rudnan. He just disparaged me. Keep it equal, bud. Uh, you, di- you do a lot of disparaging, sir. And I don't, you know, I, you know, heavy talking is not bad. I keep it equal. And it's not about keeping it equal. If, if you say a whole lot of bad stuff today, you're going to get the brunt. The thing about it is Brudden always come with sourcing, so I don't get a chance to really do that. You know, that's all. Nothing personal. You know I love all my peeps, and I mean that from the depths of my heart. Don't forget, folks, sign up for... Uh, Sign up for Ask Egberto Everything. There is the link. I'm putting it in there again. 
So what are we talking about today? First, I want to say that anytime, oh, you found the article, eight reasons why now is a good time for Ukraine to cease fire. I, I had her on the show earlier show today. She enjoyed it uh, very much. Deborah Moyer says, hi, PDR Pastor. She's in the house. Uh, Bruce says, we can talk technocracy. All right, I tell you what, Bruce, you want us to talk technocracy before I get on to the subject that I had scheduled to discuss. And since it's your show, I'm going to tell you, please give me the first sentence of the show, okay, for, for technocracy. Because I want to make sure we're in the same wavelength. So, Bruce, give me the first sentence or the first paragraph. First sentence is good enough of the show, and then I'll take it and run. Egberto, please read this one out. Eric Hayes, remember yesterday when I said the difference between us is that I fact check a lot more than you? Yeah, that's what he said. Eric Hayes said, my source was fact My source was fact check. Rudden in your mouth with opinions is not good. Learn from yourself. Okay. Uh, the Christmas truce of 1914 was a symbol of hope and courage when people are wearing, of warring countries organized in an armistice and their authority and join in spontaneous reconciliation and fraternization. That happened during World War I, you remember? All right, continuing with what you guys are saying, Christmas truce, full brief. What is that? Let's see if it's something I can put on the screen. Oh, thank you for that. Code pink. Ah, I love my peeps. I love my peeps. Deborah Moyer says, hey, Bridge. And Bruce says, is technocracy replacing democracy in the U.S.? What Bruce is talking about, as I see it, is we are being run by social media companies, very technical backgrounds with algorithms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What happens is the following. Uh, there was a time when democracy involved going to the town square and people throwing out the things that they believed in, et cetera, et cetera. The town hall now is no longer some central location where human beings meet and talk and have great conversation. That's not the town hall anymore. The town hall, and Bruce says, can technocracy exist without slavery? I'll add that later. I, 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 like, I like where you're going there, Bruce. I want to put a hold on that for one quick second. Because I want to talk about the town hall. We all met in the town hall, right? And we talk and we exchange ideas. The town halls can be physical. It can be your church. The town hall can be exchange of letters among people, etc. But now the town hall is social media. Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, yellow man, whatever that is called, I can never remember. So that's our new town hall. But there is a problem with that new... <laughs> I see, Bruce. There's a problem with that town hall. Right? Bruce says technocracy rhymes with democracy. True. And here's a problem with that town hall. The masters of that town hall... Musk in Twitter, uh, Steve Bezos on Amazon and all the books that he sells through Amazon. And uh, we also have uh, uh, who controls Facebook. You know, the guy that controls Facebook. What it means, though, is they've created something called the algorithm. 
And what the algorithm does is it removes democracy from the town hall many a times. Let me explain. Mark Zuckerberg, thank you. Let me explain what that means. Since we have a, an algorithm now, one can say, well, the algorithm was built in a democratic fashion. If you like to see a lot of stuff about military, if you like to see a lot of stuff about diet, the algorithm will feed you with data from people that are giving you that information. But there's another magic to the algorithm. The algorithm can be corrupted. Suppose, like politics done right now, we want to talk about fascism. We want to talk about what technology is doing to, the, to, to, to our body politic, right? And explaining what technology is doing to our body politic may actually cause some angst to some of the people who are enriching themselves from having uh, you on social media like Facebook and all these other platforms. So given that they control the algorithm, they can ensure that your message doesn't get to the people at large. They can remove the democratic eating, the democratic absorption of your message. So at one point, they're democratic in that you are telling them the kinds of things you want to see, but, if, but they also have control of whether others who would be amenable to what you want to offer are there to offer it. So Bruce brought up a great point. Can we have democracy with technocracy? And the answer is only if it's regulated, only if algorithms are regulated. In other words, we have to have some law that tells you you can't freeze people out. Then they can work in, in tandem. But when you have a small amount of people controlling that vast amount of intercommunication among people, Bruce is absolutely right. And let's go into the other statement he made when he said, is, uh, I think he said, is technocracy, uh, can we have technocracy exist without slavery? I would change the word from slavery to antiseptic slavery because uh, slavery has a particular connotation of whales and whips and blood and cutting and pain, etc. Our new slavery, antiseptic slavery, it's quite a bit different. It's antiseptic. It's clean. Psychologically, it's just as devastating, if not more. But it's clean. All right, let's see. Uh, what else we got here before I go and play a video? Jules Ray Winfield. My brother Ray says, the sad thing is right-wing politicians will position themselves anti-war while inking lucrative contracts for their rich defensive contractor friends at the taxpayer dollars, at the expense of the taxpayer. Exactly. I agree. All right. What else we got here? E2247 says, 11th Circuit Court of Appeal. Oh, that is the stuff with, with uh, the opinion. Donald J. Trump versus United States. Got, got that. All right. What else we got? Egberto Willis, to soil yourself means to poop on yourself. Okay. I don't think 
I don't think Putin is going to like that. I don't think he's going to like that. All right. Uh, Bridge MCP says, Technocracy is a form of government in which the decision maker or makers are selected based on their expertise in a given area of responsibility, particularly with regard to scientific or technology knowledge. This system explicitly contrasts with representative democracy, the notion that elected representatives should be the primary decision makers in government through, though it does not necessarily imply eliminating elected representatives. Decision makers are selected based on specialized knowledge and performance rather than political affiliations, parliamentary skills, and or popularity. So that is the official definition, I guess, of technocracy. Uh, I kind of uh, think, I think, based on what uh, Bruce was saying, maybe it was an interplay between that and what I had to say about uh, the social domain no longer being a democracy. But only Bruce can tell us if we hit the mark. If I hit the mark or he more wanted the, tech, tech, the, 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 the proper definition as you did their bridge MCP. Uh, but that's a good one. I, you know, I never actually looked up the word technocracy. I just assumed. And you know what they said about assuming. All right. Zuckerberg works with the government. He admitted it. They all do. All corporations do. Guess what? They do. And they get favors for it too. Michael Ryan said, Eric Hayes, the pundits are shown to be consistently lying to the people. Why give them an even playing field? That's not consensorship. That's removing the rot from the table. Thank you. Exactly. Paul Fleming says, a 15-year-old was canvassing for Warnock, was shot in the leg by a Trump supporter. More to come. Wow. Didn't make breaking news yet, but that's interesting. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes, and just, just in case you, you say fact checkers are biased against Republicans, that Republicans are shown to be something like three times more often than Democrats. Know that I don't, they lie that much. I don't want anyone who is repeatedly to be elevated on social media, regardless of which party they're from. I agree, Redman. Okay, let's see what else we got here before we go to a video. Uh, Michael Rudnan replied, that's a reply, and let's continue. Bruce, I think Egberto is on the mark. The oligarchs are using a technocratic approach, a.k.a. the algorithm. Yeah, and that's what I thought you meant, Bruce. That's why I brought it up with the algorithm and, and, and pointed out how the algorithm, it, it's funny, right? Bruce, we both program. You can turn on democracy on the al algorithm and you can give it whatever level of democracy you want, right? So that if things are getting too bad, you turn it down, and what you get then is less democracy. You turn it up when you want to give the semblance and democracy, all of that kind of stuff. So thank you, Brother Bruce. Very good commentary. Uh, Jules Ray Winfield says, antiseptic slavery, as you mentioned, it does not require the level of violence or brutality in modern day, but merely the threat of economic ruin and financial destitution keeps the slaves beholden to the masters. Tu lo consigues, hermano mío. You get it. You get it. You get it. Bree says, just change the program. Easy peasy. Yeah. Agree. You know, exactly, Bridge. It's amazing, right? And by the way, for those of you who came to my 12 o'clock program, and I can almost bet that, Bruce, did you listen to the 12 o'clock program to talk to, uh, to, to hear what Maddie, uh, Maddie Benjamin had to say? I'm curious. Um, but anyhow, I want to thank all of you that make 
boat program. But you don't you don't have to. I, I just love it. You know. So I want to thank you guys for making boat boat programs. I mean, it really it's all inspiring and it keeps me keeping me wanting to make sure and go ahead and keep writing those blogs and those articles because we have to put those out there. And if you write, and this is the next part where I'm going now. If you have long, well-researched uh, essays or short research essays that are truthful, I have a section on my website for you. On the EgbertoWillies.com, I have a section for you. I want to show you what it's like. Uh, let, let, let's go to the screen. I want to show you what it's like. If you want to write articles for the website, just let me know. And I'll set up an account if you don't already have an account on my site, given that some of you are patrons, and set up a site so that your articles would go right here. The thing that says columnists are for journalists who write, like uh, um, Tom Hartman and a few others, although he has his own section on my site. But you can also go uh, check it out at... Um, not local news, I'm trying to find it, but it, it's guest bloggers. So if you have articles that you want, please go ahead and send it to me. I'll put it up here. If you want to post it yourself, let me know. I'll, I'll get an account set up for you so that your articles would appear in, uh, not people who make a difference, although you do make a difference. I'm looking for the, where is it? The, it, it crashed the other day. So I must not have put my guest bloggers back in. I have to fix that later on. I will do that. I'm glad I checked this out because I didn't know that the guest bloggers were... Oh, there it is. Guest bloggers. You see that right there? Uh, ten, uh, so there, there's a heading under there for guest bloggers. If you want to write something, put it there. Now, uh, because um, Tom writes some limericks, etc., I have him with his account at politicsdoneright.com where I have a little uh, general general purpose section where he is at. All right, let's see. Going forward, we have Robert Davenport says, greetings, progressive Robert. Great to see you. I don't think I saw you in the last couple of days, right? Did you snub us for a couple of days or so, uh, brother Robert? You know, hey, look, I keep, I keep tabs of my regulars, man. You know, I love my peeps. We got a lot of viewers. Let me tell you, don't just look at the people that you see here right now. We have a, uh, if you take a look at the, the folks, we have a, a whole lot of viewers on, on podcasts, etc. But my live viewers, you know, I keep up with you, man. All right, Bruce Pollard says, score, Egberto 7, you talk 1. Steve is my buddy. Steve, uh, Steve, what is this? <laughs> I always mess up his last name. But um, yeah, Steve, my buddy, Steve, my buddy. Uh, so did you listen to you talk today? I called in the show today because he had a good show today. All right. He was talking about, you. Uh, what was he talking about? But anyway, it was a good show today. All right. Uh, Jules Winfield says, and the erosion of the faith in our democratic process plays into the hands of those masters who continue to rule by legally stripping away the rights of poor and working class citizens. When we don't vote, they win. Go Warnock. And you know something? Uh, Jules Ray Winfield, not voting is a vote. Not voting is a vote. Thank you for reminding me, Bridge MCP. I am going to 
I put her book into a blog for, I'm going to cut out her interview from the show today, and I will put her blog in that interview, as well as when I set up the blog for this particular show as well. Thanks for reminding me. I will get it done. I can't do it without you. Uh, yeah, Robert, you abandoned us for a couple of days. Where were you, man? You know we want to have you around. Egberto, I wish that not voting was a vote of no confidence. Exactly, but it isn't. It's actually a vote for the opposition. That's what it turns out to be. All right, let's see. Let's go ahead and play a short video. This one is, is this the right one? I think that should be it. I think this is it. Uh, check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's see. At a press conference yesterday, a group of Senate Republicans warned that they were going to drag out the National Defense Authorization Act unless they get a vote on ending a COVID. Unfortunately, that is not it. I thought I, I may have I may have screwed up on that. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Here it is. That was my fault. That was my boo boo. That was my boo boo. Here we go. I'm sorry about that, guys. I'm so sorry about that. Here we go. One would think that the, that the fever would have broken by now. We have vaccines. They're working. We are, for the most part, back to normalcy with uh, being able to go to restaurants and all that good stuff because enough people have immunity based on vaccines, based on having gotten the the uh, the, the the virus, etc. But then we have the supposedly adults in the room. Uh, two senators, Cruz and, uh, and others, are there doing what we did when we got a lot of Americans killed? I want you to check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. At a press conference yesterday, a group of Senate Republicans warned that they were going to drag out the National Defense Authorization Act unless they get a vote on ending a COVID vaccination mandate for service members. Let's listen to what some of your Republican colleagues had to say. We need more people in the military, not less. And uh, this mandate is going to result in thousands, tens of thousands of uh, able-bodied Americans who are well-trained leaving the military because they chose not to get vaccinated. One of the reasons I believe that President Biden and Vice President Harris are pushing through this policy is that I believe they're doing this as an effort to purge from the military conservatives. Purge from the military people who don't agree with their political agenda. As an armed services committee member, I, take it away. Give me a break. We're trying to keep people healthy. Members of the military have to have a whole battery of vaccinations when they when they sign up, when they enlist. They go on year by year, uh, small, smallpox, diphtheria, you name it. I mean, there, there's nothing new or unusual about a, a, a vaccination requirement. It's also COVID is a, is a disease that's serious. And by the way, Andrea, George Washington required the troops in the Continental Army to be vaccinated against smallpox. I mean, this is just rational health policy in a in an environment where a, a pandemic, uh, which is contagious, uh, could be devastating. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a process if people have a legitimate medical excuse or a religious, some kind of religious excuse, which uh, frankly, I don't fully understand what that would be. But 
there is a process where if people have some kind of medical problem that this would be a problem, they, they can avail themselves of, of an exemption. So uh, th this is uh, this is overblown. I mean, I, I'm waiting for the press conference about the smallpox and the diphtheria and the measles vaccination. Uh, give me a break. Why would these senators, Cruz and his sidekick, why would these senators, Lindsey Graham Cruz, believe that it is okay to jump on a bandwagon that says, well, we need those people in the military who simply refuse to take the vaccine to go ahead and stay in or not require the vaccine to come in. They're saying, oh, it will cause us to have less people in the military. Well, as, as, as noted, there are a lot of vaccines that we have to take already throughout our careers in school and anywhere else. And we do it. Why do we do it? For the better good of society. I think we should start mapping these, these charlatanes out and make sure in the, not wait for the election time, but point out that these kooks that should know better are instead of informing their, their audience, instead of informing their constituents, continue to cause potential harm to the country. And we can't lay the foundation just near the election. We have to start now. All the times that they attempt to appease to the lesser parts of our brains, we have to bring it to the fore. They should be ashamed of themselves, but you know what? You're there to keep folks informed. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that every absolutely you are there to keep them informed. Nanette Bird Smith, let time tell. I enforce the vaccination rule uh, and let Ted Cruz and Graham watch. You know something? Um, I, it's hard to believe this is still here. Welcome aboard, John Bickenstaff. John Bickenstaff says, "I agree with Ted Cruz, and it's good thing. The military does not." does need policies to discourage fascists. Okay, I am I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I don't I don't know if I understand you uh Bacon staff. Are you saying you want them to not uh require vaccines? So do you would you like the military to stop giving polio vaccine or uh, ensuring that there are no people with polio vaccines or all the other types of vaccines that are currently required to be in the military that nobody has complained about thus far? Are you wanting to get rid of all those two? What's the difference? I am not sure. Is that what you want? I love my family. I love my peeps. I love my friends, my acquaintances too much to let them risk their lives on some sort of a fad on misinformation. I want them to require vaccines, and I think it's gr a great side effect that the fascists are discouraged. Oh, God, John, you are so bad. You understand? John, is, John just gave a Darwinian statement there. That's what it was all about. John is like, yep, yep, let them not take the vaccine. Because if a lot of them don't take the vaccine, eventually, reductio, not reductio absurdum, but um, eventually... They won't be here anymore. Oh, God, you're so bad, Mr. Mr. Uh, Bickenstaff. But I get it now. At first, I was wondering because it's like, no, please, please, please. Anyway, 
All right, uh, the med, the person E two two four seven. I think this is a med, this is a story that you're talking about. I wanted to give you guys a story. I just found it on on Daily Coast. Suspect arrested in shooting incident involving Savannah teacher canvassing for Senator Warnock. According to the Savannah Police Department, detectives have arrested a suspect in the thir- in the in, on Thursday shooting of a teenager who was out campaigning for Senator. Raphael Warnock's runoff election. Police say the 15-year-old was shot through a closed door and the bullet struck him in the leg. The suspect was quickly identified as 42-year-old Jimmy Pais of Savannah. Pais was arrested at his home. The teen was taken to a local hospital and treated for non-life-threatening injuries. I am saddened. I'm saddened to learn about this incident. I'm praying for the victim and their family and wish them all full recovery, says Warnock. Police say the case is still being investigated and the shooting has not been ruled as politically motivated. Yeah, right. As for the Senate runoff in Georgia, according to the Daily Coast, Kevin Ailfield, the race will all come down to which party turns out more of their diehard voters. Right now, in the early vote, it's looking very good for Democrats, but they can't let up and they have to come out on Election Day as well. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, Jules Ray Winfrey says, I'm always viewing just busy working when you're working, brother. Haha. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, hermano. Uh, let's see. Michael Rodney says, Flu. A full list of vaccines mandated by the U.S. These are the mandatory vaccines that all service members are required to receive before initial entry into basic training. Uh, Adenovirus, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, influenza, measles, mumps, rubella, uh, meningococcal, polovirus, tetanus, diphtheria, varicella, other vaccine administered depending on risk and occupation, anthrax, Hamophilus, influenza type B, Japanese encephalitis, pneumococcal, uh, rabies, smallpox, typhoid fever, yellow fever. Good information. And, and there you, that is why uh, Rudnan and, and, and Bridge and all those that give us information, the information is taken right away because they, they do their homework. They do their homework with reputable sources as well. Uh, so thank you very much for that. All right, Michael Rennes says, states a fact check. George Washington ordered the Continental Army to vaccinate against smallpox. I read that a few years ago, actually. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome to Politics and Right. Deborah Moyer says, uh, my mom had polio as a young person and would be appalled at people avoiding vaccinations. Michael Rennes says, not sure there's a correlation between fascists and anti-vaxxers. No, you have some lefties that are anti-vaxxers too. So you're right about that, Rudnan. Uh, John Bickerstaff says, I want to require vaccines, and I think it's a great side effect that fascists are discouraged. I had to read it again, but you sure make me laugh. Uh, Ray says, I hate calling him the senator from Texas. He's a disgusting vessel of hate and garbage distinguished in human form. I hear you, guy. I hear you. Well, I had to check, and yeah, there is a link. People's world. Death by disinformation. Anti-vaxxers, GOP fascists, white supremacists unite against public health. Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, all, it's not only the right. You know, it's not only the right. All right. Let's see what else we got here before I continue. I love you guys. You guys keep it going. He would even stand up to Trump. Let's see what we're talking about. He would, he, he would even stand up to Trump. 
who called his wife ugly. That's the talking about Ted Cruz. Trump is pro-vaccine, but even a broke clock is right twice a day. True. Bridge MCB says, and, when, and since there is no mail in those people, have to stand in line forever. Yeah, and you can't even give them water or food. The inhumaneness of the governor, right? Uh, Paul Fleming says, you can't be rational with irrational people. Some of these listeners get an F for no growth in listening or to politics done right. Um, I think they're growing. I mean, I know it's not going to show on the outside because, you know, when I changed as a person from being a homophobe and a sexist, it was instantly, but the muscle memory was still there. You have to get rid of the muscle memory. The logic comes first. The muscle memory comes second. So, Paul, let's have hope. Let's have, let's have reasoned hope. Uh, J- John Bickerstaff, I have a family member who can't get vaccinated, so, all right. And we have here from Paul Fleming, as military uh, servicemen and women travel around the world, it's required that they take shots for their safety and the places they serve. Science matters. You're absolutely right. Science matters. Okay, uh, the other article today that we were that we are covering has to do with um, what was the I, I have it I have it in the list. Them failed to understand the fundamental of collective bargaining was one of the ones I wanted to cover, but I decided to cover Gen Z or a force of progressives in politics. And you guys keep coming. Sometimes change happens one step forward, two steps back, then three steps forward. Deborah, you hit the nail on the head. That's very true. That's very true. Just by their everyday comments, I disagree. I know. But you know, uh, I've, believe it or not, I've seen differences in the comments. I've seen differences in their approaches as well. They're subtle. And you know what I want in people? And I want in myself too. In, in, in engineering, we have this stuff says, that says the following. Wherever there are large gradients, there are large stresses and risk things popping, blowing, breaking. And what are, what, what are large gradients? If you take a, a nail, right, and you just cut it to the diameter of the nail so that it's just a nail and you try to stick it into something, it's very hard to stick, right? You shave that down to a point that's called, a, it's a large gradient, right? You shave it down to a point. Because you have a large gradient, the difference in, in the width compared to, you know, it, it actually can penetrate. Things happen at large gradients. Same thing with change in temperature. You have a strong looking cast iron pan you heat it up and you drop it in water, depending on the kind of material it's made of, of course. And just the shock of throwing a very hot pan in cold water causes it to break. Why? Because the molecules on the top cool quickly, shrinks, and create a tension, breaks. It's, you know, things where we learn in heat and dynamics and that sort of thing. All right. Egberto, today Eric Hayes shows that that some sort of growth is hard. He's posted numerous links to disreputable sites into the chat today. He doesn't care about fact-checking, showing he doesn't bother looking at each site he posts from to see how many times. I think that part is psychological. 
I honestly think that part is psychological, and I think Eric would agree with me. When you know, if you get Eric one on one, you can have a good communication. If you don't get Eric one on one, good luck. All right, Deborah Morris says, and Egberto teaches us by example, admitting when he's wrong and making corrections. Of course, you know, I don't mind being wrong. I, I and not only that, if I'm wrong, I try to make the corrections damn fast because I know there are people who have faith in what I'm talking about. So I don't want them to be misled and, you know, and it's not about my credibility, it's about misleading. You know, and that's what it's all about. When you want to meet Eric, anytime you want to meet, we'll, we'll meet, you know, maybe, maybe on a weekend sometime, get some coffee. I can't do it this weekend because we have our um, Ask Egberto anything, but we'll meet. You know, I, I'd love to do We should meet. I, I would love to also meet with all my right-wingers at the same time. That would be a fun meeting. You all can all gang up on me. Don't you think? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, it's time for my ask. So let's do my ask, and then I'll go ahead. And you notice this time I remember my ask. We, we, we need your support really, really bad. That's, that's, that's why I won't, wasn't going to forget the ask today. And, you know, there are several days, you know. So I'm asking you uh, now to please support Politics Done Right. Politics Done Right depends on you to keep doing what we do. What do we do? We make sure to keep, number one, the internet seeded with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not misread, misled by any other entity. We make sure and populate that internet with blogs, with videos, with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that, that are lying at the right. We also make sure to create articles in, in magazines, articles in newspapers, all around the country to ensure, again, that our message gets out there. Last but not least, we also write books. As you see it, Class Warfare, the only re resort to right-wing doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon. That is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel. Going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politics done right. Thank you so kindly, guys, for listening to that. By the way, folks, yes, thank you, Robert Davenport. He says, buy the books. I have two. They are very good. I appreciate that, uh, the kudos. Folks, please go ahead and uh, and go ahead and get the books. And if you want me, if you order it from my site as opposed to from Amazon, I, I'm just getting a new shipment in. I hope to get them in sometime tomorrow or the day after. Um, if you want me to, uh, you know, I'll probably have a, f a feature on the website to maybe uh, wrap it as a gift and ship it to some other person for you, I'm willing to do that. 
uh, I'm willing. And likewise, if you want to gift one of my sub stacks to somebody, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be putting out a Christmas, um, about three or four Christmas asks where I'm going to ask people to either ask folks to, you know, buy a subscription for one month for somebody and ask them to continue it or something like that. I, we have to try to find a new way. Uh, you know, we, our, our advertising makes next to nothing in funding. And, um, you know, most of our funding is going to come from the individuals who decide to uh, go with our um, subscription model, which means either joining up with Patreon, YouTube, or um, Patreon, YouTube, or even the website now um, have a commander or what is it called? Uh, you know, I have a new thing on the website where we, we ask people to support the, the program. But yeah, it is very it is very difficult. So I would hope and ask that you all support us the best you can, whoever you can. If you're listening to us later on on podcasts, just go to politicsdoneright.com slash support, politicsdoneright.com slash support. And it has all the different forms in which you can support the program. Uh, the only way we are going to make it and keep doing this, we have a lot more to do. We got years to go with this stuff. Like I tell people all of the times, the change, it took the Republicans 49.xx years to change, to, 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 to get rid of Roe v. Wade. It took them that long. Why did it take that long? Because it's not popular. But you know what? They have perseverance. You know what? They have funding. And they don't only fund their big shots, the big TV ads that you see all the time. Admiral, thank you, Deborah Myers. Admiral, that's 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 who funds us on our website. If you if you donate on our website, that's where that's who processes it. Admiral, but um, as it turns out, the these people they don't only fund the big shots. They also fund. Uh, little shops like me, right? The right does. The left, all of it goes to, I'm talking democratic money. You know, you get all those emails all the time, begging you for money all of the times, right? And, you know, you may get from, I remember getting from Warnock about 10 emails in one day, right? And you ask, where is that going? Where is that going? It goes to the wealthy business owners of these marketing companies that never have spoken to a poor person. If you take a look at who we bring into the studio at, at KPFT, we bring in the entire, the entire reference of people. We bring in lawyers. We bring in doctors. We bring in politicians. We bring in poor people. In fact, we're bringing in this guy soon that, that uh, you know, he's a retired guy. And he, whenever he cooks, he cooks about five or six extra meals a day. He packages it up, freezes it. And then every so often, he goes out with this big box of food that he's cooked and packaged. And he goes to, uh, to the areas where you have people on the streets or whatever. And he gives it to them. And, you know, he told me, he said, Egberto, you know... Um, that's what I do. That's the kind of stuff I do. And I'm like, you ever told anybody you did that? He's like, oh, no. I just do it as, as, as something that I want to do. And that's the difference between him and Mattress Max, right? Mattress Max give $10 and they, call, they, they send a news release to the Channel 2, Channel 11, Channel 13, ABC, CBS, NBC. Hey, Mattress Max gave away a million dollars. 
I looked at this guy and I told him, because I said, can I have you on my show? And he said, ah, for what? I mean, that's what I do. And I said, I am asking you. You didn't ask me. I'm asking you to come on the show because the generosity that you prove or you're, you're performing is so important for others to feel okay to do it. And you would be an example to them that it doesn't take having to give a whole bunch of money. It doesn't, there are several ways you can have. I tell people all the times, you know, those of you who can, can support us, please do. However you can support us, go to politicsonright.com slash support and support us. Those who can share our stuff, share it. I'm talking about our, our videos, our blogs, all of that enhances the message. We are in this to make a difference. I still have to eat, but we are in this to make a difference. And I think we are. If you read my book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. I've had enough people who picked it up and came and told me, man, it made my Thanksgiving better. A couple of paragraphs in it, a couple of pages in it, a couple of stories in it. That happened to you? Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, for whoever, I don't remember who said, it doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference. But you know what? You have to be consistent. You have to be talking to people you want to know that they, that you want them to know you have an interest in them as a human being. You have to let them know it's real. Because that's what the right wing did. It is real that they had an interest in their people to get the policies that they wanted out. And they nurtured their people. Here in Kingwood, I'm in a red part of town. Very, very red. You go to the churches. You go to the uh, town center. You go to all the different organizations that they have around here. And you watch how they constantly feed. They constantly feed and feed and feed the people. Deborah says, May Wood, we probably don't want to be subjected to the translation Oh, I miss, I, I miss some sort of a, <laughs> I miss all of that. But anyway, Deborah Morris says, but even small time like this gentleman, Egberto meant everyone's everyday folks who are courageous for their families are friends. You know, today in, in studio, let me tell you about, uh, I, 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 want, I want to uplift the brother that was in the studio with me today. Today in the studio, we had uh, Joe Marcinskowski. And Joe is the one who told me that he wanted me to interview May, I mean, uh, Madie Benjamin. Madie Benjamin is also a friend. I didn't know she was coming to Houston. My group brought her, partially brought her, but it was a subcommittee in the Houston Peace and Justice Center. And by the way, Bruce, we want you, in the peace, we want you to be on the board in the Peace and Justice Center, Brother Bruce. I think I talked to you about that before. Now I'm throwing it out there so that you can actually do it. I hope. I beg. Anyhow, um... So this man, while I was in Houston and in, in, in D.C. with my daughter, taking care of my daughter, my daughter had gone to a, a thing with her hands. Uh, because she doesn't have use of her left hand, they put a robot, an exoskeleton on her hands to sort of work it out. And, uh, and what happens then is I posted it. And, you know, I post a lot of stuff. And people wonder, why do you post that all the, uh, you know, helping people is one thing, right? When I tell my story about the dental stuff, it helps folks. When I tell my story about the colonoscopy stuff, it helps. All these things, people 
we have to get into the thing of exchanging ideas. Anyway, so he told me about his wife. His wife didn't have a stroke, but she had a neurological issue that behaves like a stroke. And she lost some function on her left side. And he wanted to know what was doing. And we exchanged information. I gave him the number of the experimental doctor who was working on the project. And, you know, you know, he, um, so we go back a long time. I saw him at the dinner and we, we really got a chance to talk to his wife and how she was doing. But this is a, this is a man, he, he owns a furniture store. And he has to be, he's older, I don't know, probably early, middle 70s. And he has to wake up with his wife every day. I mean, not every day, every hour. Um, he has to take care of his wife constantly. When he goes into the shop, he, gets, uh, he has somebody, a couple of folks who work the shop when, uh, when he's not there because he has to cook and do everything in the house. There are so few people who understand. I should say there are few people. There are a lot of people who should understand what it is like when you're living a life uh, for you and many others. And he is, I, I told him at, at the, one of the dinners, I said, you are likely one of the best husbands, best persons that I know. And that's why I wanted him to be there interviewing Madea as well. That was also an out, something outside of what he's doing, not at the store, not, at, not at his house cooking and cleaning and doing all this thing. Just something where, you know, he's out there doing the interview. I thought that is what it's all about. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I really don't. It's about time for me to get out of here. And I had another video, but I'm going to let that slide till later. But it just felt good to have sit next to this guy, a guy who I respect a lot, a guy who I think does so much. It was glad it was it was great sitting beside him and having him speak to Madier and interview Madier alongside me. So I, for what it's worth, I just wanted to say that. Uh, for those that are listening on podcasts, uh, please remember uh, that um, uh, we now have. We're, we're now producing eight shows a week. So you can find them all in the different areas that we have our podcast. And we're playing it live 10 times a week, meaning eight new shows and two repeat shows every week. Deborah Moyer says he's a hero. Bridge MCP says heartfelt. I love the guy. I mean, uh, when I see people that are doing things like that, you know, you know sometimes you, you want to talk about them. You want others to, you want to like honor them, you know, because it's like, Man, that's a lot. And you do it with a smile. And you go out there and, and you just, you know. And, you know, today after, you know, after I was packing all my stuff up, he and Ashley went outside and outside to the back of the studio. And the two of them just started talking. And Ashley comes into the car and Ashley says, Dad, that guy is a real nice guy. That guy is a real nice guy. To which I said, yeah, yeah, that's why he's here. Mike Sisak says, uh, what really happened with the Hunter Biden story? So, uh, I'm not going to get into that. I'm in too much of a good spirit right now. Uh, Robert Davenport says, Egberto, you are correct. Everyday people doing everyday things are very important. That is America at its best. 
Exactly. I unfortunately I forgot all about the ten o'clock radio show today. I hope it was a good one. We had a good one, Maywood. We had a good one. See ya, Tom. All hopefully. Thanks, Egberto Willis. Thank you very much, Bridge. I hope to see you tomorrow, Bridge. All right. Before I go, it's almost time to go. Before I go, I want to say uh, pick up on what Robert Davenport said. When I go to my conferences and I am interviewed, I all of us are on Radio Row and we have our tables, etc. A lot of these guys sit down for hours without interviewing or talking to anybody. They just sit down, they're reading their books or whatever because they're waiting for that person with a name, right? And one of them came over to my desk one time, my station, and said, how come there's always somebody here talking, right? Interviewing. And I'm like, I get a lot more out of interviewing those, the average Joe Blow and, and Jane Blow that comes around these conferences than I do from the Schumer or the all these guys. And I've interviewed Schumer, I've interviewed all of these guys, but there's so much more you get from everyday Americans because they're really living it. But anyhow, I got to get out of here. Um, please support us, politicsandright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. And come to Ask Egberto anything. I'm going to post it up on Twitter, etc., etc. Please show up. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. I know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.